This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Join the conversation and message Buck on Facebook, Instagram, or email teambuck at iheartmedia.com. He may read it on the show. Team, welcome to the Freedom Hunt Tuesday edition. I cannot believe it is September 14th. The time is flying, as you all know. Got to read you this headline. America's number one champagne socialist, AOC, defends going to $35,000 a ticket Met Gala with boyfriend because her tax the rich dress sent searches about our blanked up tax code soaring. And it was, quote, her duty as a a working class woman. Uh, So that is from the Daily Mail. We're going to talk about this in a second. Plus, they're going to be taxing earners, not the rich. The details on the Democrats' uh, big tax expansion here. Uh, Do we really need boosters? Some FDA experts are saying no. COVID hospitalization numbers are apparently hugely misleading. The California recall is today. And Mets and Yankees fans yelling, F Joe Biden. We'll get into all of this and more in just a moment. But first, when running a business, HR issues can kill you. Wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations, and HR manager salaries aren't cheap, an average of $70,000 a year. Bambi, spelled B-A-M-B-E-E, was created specifically for small business. You can get a dedicated HR manager, craft HR policy, and maintain your compliance all for just $99 a month. With Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. Your dedicated HR manageable, uh, manager is available by phone, email, or real-time chat. From onboarding determinations, they customize your policies to fit your business and help you manage your employees day-to-day, all for just $99 a month. It's month-to-month, no hidden fees, cancel anytime. You didn't start your business because you wanted to spend time on HR compliance. Let Bambi help get your free HR audit today. Go to Bambi.com slash buck right now to schedule your free HR audit. That's B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash buck. Bambi.com slash buck. AOC at the Met Gala. If you don't know the Met Gala, it's put together by, uh, I think, Anna Winter of uh, Vogue is the one who determines much of the guest list. I don't even know. It's it's super fancy. I grew up here in New York, and I, I just always knew that I was never going to go to this thing. And, in fact, I would not go even if I were invited, which I never will be. But this is a classic moment where you have a, a woman, a Democrat, truly the ultimate private jet progressive in many ways here, although I guess she doesn't own a private jet yet, but you get the idea, you get the feeling, that you have her pretending that she's a class warrior at the most ultra-elite bacchanal of self-congratulation I've ever seen in my entire life, which is what the Met Gala is year in and year out. I mean, this is for the elite of the elite. $35,000 a ticket? And she shows up with an eat the rich dress on like, he he, like I'm so I'm a social justice warrior. Like I really I'm just about like I'm about socialism for for everybody else. This is who they are, though. You need to understand this. We'll point out the hypocrisy because it's real. We can see it happening right in front of our very eyes. But the hypocrisy is the point. You're a normal, honest American who's outraged at vile frauds like AOC and all the rest of the lib Democrats who are at this event. Well, guess what? They don't care. They have power. And they mask up your kids in school and they social distance them while the elites party 
like it's 1999. And they ask, well, what are you going to do about it? Another interesting note is that this party happened where the guests did not have masks on. So AOC is indoors at the Met Gala, among many, many, many others, without a mask on. But all the staff has to be masked. Everyone who works at the party, the servers, the ushers, all of the security, they have to wear masks. Because this is about power. This is about the two-tiered system in this country of those who get to call the shots and those who have to obey the shots. And speaking of shots, you got Fauci now running around talking about how travel vaccination is vaccination so that you can fly on a plane in this country. It's on the table. Let me translate the Fauci speak here. He's telling you, do what I say. All of you get the shot or else you're going to have to get the shot to fly on a plane. He's pretending that it hasn't been decided, but really... It is a fait accompli. It is going to be decided by the caseload. And unless we get to 100 percent vaccination for all eligible, which is just not going to happen, you are very likely to see planes requiring you to be vaccinated in order to travel. Here he is saying it's on the table. Play clip three. Well, that's on the consideration, certainly. I mean, I, I have been asked that question and it actually got, got some play in the press when I made the answer. I think that if, in fact, it is seriously considered, it's on the table. We're not there yet. In fact, if you look at the six-point program that the president came out with a couple of days What we were talking about with travel was doubling the fines of people who, in fact, are traveling and don't get tested. And I and I believe that the idea about requiring vaccination for travel is something that is on the table for discussion. It has not been decided yet. It will be decided if the caseload is still high. If the caseload continues on, it will be decided that you have to get a vaccine passport in order to get on a plane. I'm telling you, I mean, how many of these predictions do we have to make in advance? How many times do we have to see it coming before we finally know, we finally recognize this is where we're going, where we're heading, right? We understand this. And Australia, instead of being, you know, this is one of the problems we've had. Instead of being a cautionary tale for people, Australia has been, in essence, A goal, uh, you could say a lodestar for the left. They want us to be like Australia. Here's some official in North Bondi, Bondi Beach, very famous beach community in Australia, and telling people at the beach, lying out in open air at a beach, that they must wear their masks while lying in the sun, eight. To everybody that's lying on the beach, please remember... You are in breach of the public health order if you are not wearing your mask. Please put your mask on, otherwise times will apply. Also remember, social distancing is vital. Please remember to wear your mask outside and social distancing is vital. It absolutely is not. Transmission of this disease outdoors at a beach is almost impossible. But you have to wear a mask outside because of the orders from the Australian health authorities. This is embarrassing. This is preposterous. 
But this is what is going on all across the country now. This is the situation as it is playing out in Australia. And and here in America, we're getting closer and closer to this all the time. And Fauci's just straight up saying it that, sorry, uh, we tried the nice way. No more Mr. Nice Tyrant is what he's telling you. It's very heavily weighted towards red states as opposed to blue states. And that really shouldn't be, Trevor. It should not be. This is a public health issue. And as you said very appropriately a moment ago, the common enemy is the virus. There shouldn't be the divisiveness that we're seeing. Uh, We're trying our best to convince people. But you reach a certain point where you almost hit a wall that you're not going to get to a certain group of people. And that's where mandates come in. I mean, no one likes to mandate people to do things that they may not want to do. But sometimes for the greater good of society, you have to do that. You know, the same thing like seatbelts and things like that that we do. You you have to do it. Oh, now we're back to the seatbelts argument. What does this feel like? The very beginning of the pandemic. Oh, it's about public health. First of all, seatbelts are overreach as a mandate from the government. They just are. Libertarians who complained about it years ago were right. Although libertarians are generally useless, sometimes they're correct. Seatbelts. Well, what about a 20-mile-an-hour speed limit, Fauci? Why not? Because it's just unreasonable. They've embraced unreasonable policy all along, and now they act like they're the ones who are willing to balance things out. They're the ones who are willing to make determinations about where we draw the lines, knowing that there's a balance that has to be struck here between the promise of protection and the reality of freedom and an individual choice in day-to-day life. But what happened to we're not going to force you to get this? Well, they abandoned that because not enough people got it, even though a lot of Americans have gotten the shot. And then you should be able to ask the question, when are we done? When does this all finish up? When do we no longer have to worry about this nonsense? And Fauci has no real answer on this. Where are we when it comes to herd immunity? He says, you'll know it when you see it. Play one. We don't know. And, you know, anytime you give a number, someone will poke holes in it. The one thing that I say, and I think it's as close to the truth as you can get, is you will know it when you see it. You should get we, us, here in the United States, to get as many people vaccinated as we possibly can. And when we get to the point where it is that critical number that we are not sure of what it is, you're going to see the level of infections plummet very, very low and maybe even disappear. Now, this is where there will be, I believe, a huge debate going on. Because eventually we will end up at herd immunity for COVID-19, although there will be coronaviruses out there and there could be variants and mutations. But we'll end up at herd immunity. Will it be through mass infection, though, more so than even the effectiveness of the vaccines? If someone got infected and then got the vaccine on top of it, what has really created their protection? How do you look at that statistically? And when we have enough people that have been infected and you're just layering on top of that the vaccination rate, how do you know what really ended the pandemic? How do you know what is truly durable when it comes to protection? And keep in mind that public health uh, public health experts are going to turn around in the next 12 months 
after over 700,000 deaths, most likely, and two years of pandemic spread with surges and new highs in cases and surges and 150 million plus infections. After all that, they'll turn around and say, see, our lockdowns and mitigation strategy work great. We're really smart. We should be in charge of everything in your life all over again. Look at how great we are. This is the absurdity that we are going to be put through. I and mean, this is the kind of idiocy that I'm, I'm telling you we will all be subjected to. This is their vision of our future together. It doesn't matter that masks don't work. It doesn't matter that they demanded things that were unnecessary. They, they say they were trying. You know, I, I just saw yesterday in New York City, I believe it was, they have there's video of these people going around spraying disinfected in classrooms. We already know that surfaces do not, even though they said in the beginning they did, we know that surfaces are not a place of, of considerable spread for COVID. Basically, you don't get COVID by touching a desktop and then touching your eye. That's actually not how people are getting infected. We know this already because we've learned because they were wrong originally. They're still spraying all over the place. I had people yesterday walk to the gym where I was working out. They walked to the gym wearing masks on their way to the gym and then took the masks off in the gym. Now, I don't think they should have the mask up ever. But this is just absurd. I mean, this this stuff is completely and utterly indefensible from an intellectual perspective. But they still push it. They still want to tell people this is the way to go. Speaking of misleading, this is a piece in The Atlantic. Okay, this is not some... Right-wing, you know, COVID conspiracy side. I mean, the Atlantic is left-wing orthodoxy with some SAT words thrown in. And here's the piece by David Zweig. Our most reliable pandemic number is losing meaning. A new study suggests that almost half of those hospitalized with COVID-19 have mild or asymptomatic cases. I mean, friends... Let me just read to you a little bit from this, and then we can extrapolate the necessary conclusions here. At least 12,000 Americans have already died from COVID-19 as the country inches through its latest surge in case, uh, cases this month have died from it. But another worrying statistic is cited to depict the dangers of the moment. The number of patients hospitalized with COVID-19 in the United States is as high as it's been since the beginning of February. It's even worse in certain places. Some states, including Arkansas and Oregon, recently saw their COVID hospitalizations rise to higher levels than at any prior stage of the pandemic. But how do those latter figures, or what do those latter figures really tell us? From the start, COVID hospitalizations have served as a vital metric for tracking the risk posed by the disease. Last winter, this magazine, The Atlantic, described it as the most reliable pandemic number. On the one hand, death counts offer finality, but they're a lagging signal and don't account for people who suffered from significant illness but survived. Case counts depend on how many people happen to get tested. Presumably, hospitalization numbers provide a more stable and reliable gauge of the pandemic's true toll in terms of se- severe disease. But a new nationwide study of hospitalization records in the U.S. suggests the meaning of this gauge can be easily misinterpreted. There are many patients in the hospital with COVID with fairly mild symptoms who have been admitted for further observation on account of their comorbidities or because they felt short of breath. Another portion of the patients in the tally in the hospital for something unrelated to COVID and discovered they were infected only because they were tested upon admission. 
How many patients fall into each category has been a topic of much speculation. In August, researchers from medical, Tufts uh, Medical School and Harvard and the Veterans Affairs Healthcare System decided to find out. And, folks, 40 to 45 percent of hospitalizations they examined were for people admitted for a reason like cancer treatment, a psychiatric episode, and COVID was an incidental diagnosis. Almost half of this nationwide study of COVID hospitalizations, 45%, were people not in the hospital for severe COVID. This is fact. This is real data, real information from medical school analysis at Tufts and Harvard and the Veterans Affairs Administration. Almost half of the people that you have been told over the period of time studied, I think it was from January to June of this year, who were hospitalized for COVID were in no way suffering from severe COVID. And I mean, you know, you wonder why are people all so panicked? Why are people, oh, I can't go back to my life. I've got three masks. Maybe if they knew that the people going to the hospital with COVID are overwhelmingly very old and very sick before they got COVID, they would calm the heck down. Ah, but then we would be harder to control. Then it would be more difficult to get us to obey, and the Democrats would not have this tremendous club with which to constantly bludgeon their political opponents of COVID and the science and Fauci. How many more times are you going to find out they've been lying to you? How many more times can we find out they've been wrong, they've been exaggerating, before people stop believing their bullcrap. This pandemic for everyone in America should be considered over insofar as we've done all we need to do. If someone has chosen not to get the shot, that is their choice. They can deal with the consequences one way or the other. And a lot of you are saying, Buck, I'm going to be fine. I either had COVID already or I'm just not worried about it. That is your choice. Absolutely. But that's it. No more mitigation and masks and masks on planes and plexiglass dividers in schools and social distancing. No, no, we should be done. That doesn't mean the disease isn't still there. There'll always be diseases that are still there, and COVID is one of them. It means we no longer take these pandemic measures. We have a high caseload, but we've had a lower hospitalization rate overall for that caseload. Because a lot of the people who were very sick and very likely to die from COVID in the first place got it in the first year and died. I mean, you look at the numbers. We have senior citizens over 90 percent vaccinated in this country, which is great. That's what we needed to do. We're done. That's it. Everybody else, it's got to be let it ride time. Everybody else, it's got to be enough is enough. No more boosters. No more vaccine passports. None of this crap. But This is about so much more than a virus, as you know. And they're not going to let it go. They're going to want to take your four-year-old and make your four-year-old get a shot. Your six-year-old, your three-year-old daughter. Take that shot. Get ready for the booster shot. It's just like measles, mumps, rubella. Really? Do do children have a a literal one in a million chance of dying from the measles? No, it's actually considerably more risky to children than one in a million if they get it. But we no longer can have real conversations about risk. All right, let's talk about pillows. The best pillows you can get are from MyPillow. Mike Lindell's team is incredible. All their products are amazing. I have them all over my apartment right now. 
I've got the Giza Dream sheets, the mattress topper, the my towels, the my slippers. Your sleep is critical. You need the best stuff you can to make you comfortable around your house and particularly comfortable when you're going to bed at night. And that's how listeners like you have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today. Mike Lindell wants to give back to all of you. So right now, you can get great discounts on MyPillow products. So do me a favor. Go do this. Go to MyPillow.com. Click on the Radio Listener Special Square, and you'll see rotational offers up to 66% off on products like their pillows, mattress topper, and Giza sheets, but also the slippers, the weighted blankets, robes, waffle blankets, and more. All MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Enter promo code BUCK for these great radio specials. Again, enter promo code BUCK after you go to MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener Specials Square. I think you are really, uh, you're going to love these products. I mean, they're amazing. All right, the California recall is today. I am a big Larry Elder supporter and certainly hope that he emerges from the battle with the Newsom victorious, but it's going to be a tough one. Uh, Newsom, look, it's California's a blue state, and they realize that having a Republican who is leading among the recall contenders means that they would have a Republican governor, and so a lot of people in, in California are going to say, you know what, we'll take crappy Newsom over a Republican. That's why Biden's going out there saying, oh, it's, it's you're going to get Trump. You're going to get Trump if no Larry Elder is not Trump, but they don't. It doesn't matter. They'll say whatever they want to say. Oh, here you go. Here's Biden actually saying that. Let's play it. Clip 16, sir. I'm going to make this as simple as I can. You either keep Gavin Newsom as your governor or you'll get Donald Trump. It's not a joke. Republican governor blocking progress on COVID-19, who is also anti-woman, anti-worker, a climate denier, who doesn't believe in choice. The choice should be absolutely clear. Gavin Newsom, you have a governor who has the courage to lead. Only only choice the Democrats like is the choice to abort a baby. All, all other choices they find uh, odious. So the most immoral choice is the one that they defend the most. And every other choice about how to live your life, uh, they seem to have problems. You know, when it comes to basic individual freedom, look, I certainly hope that Larry Elder wins. But it's it's a big ask. It's a big deal um, for Larry Elder if he's able to win this thing. And Democrats, they circle the wagons. They rally together when their power is actually threatened. And that's that's what's happening in California right now. So I don't have... I don't have high hopes, but I am rooting for Larry. I'm hoping for Larry. And if you are hearing this, you're out in California, go vote for Larry Elder and obviously for the recall of Gavin Newsom, first and foremost. Uh, Mets and Yankees fans apparently cheering F. Joe Biden. I, I feel like we're starting to get to a place. I feel like we're starting to, fee- to, to get to a place. We may just be at the beginning of a meaningful shift toward the realization that Fauci is an oleaginous coward. The CDC is an inept monstrosity. Biden is a senile incompetent. And all their lockdown tyranny was both useless and horrible. Okay, I I think we're getting very close to the point where people are recognizing this, are seeing this. 
who weren't seeing it before. You and I have known this for a long time. But there are other people out there who I think are starting to see what's really going on here. There are people who are starting to see what's actually happening in reality. That's why you have these F. Joe Biden chants. Biden's awful. America's not better. He's not making good decisions. He has not unified us. He has not destroyed the pandemic. He has not brought the economy roaring back to life. He has not made America look good on the world stage. He's got a wide open border. We have rising inflation. We have crime still rising, violent crime in major cities. You know, there was an interesting and uh, some interesting stats about what's going on in Minneapolis since the whole George Floyd incident. And sure enough, they're not enforcing laws. There's more crime everywhere. The city is more dangerous. People are miserable. But, you know, Democrats feel like it's a small price to pay for other people to suffer property and violent crimes so that elites like AOC can feel good about themselves in their safe upper class neighborhoods. That is the decision made by Democrats constantly who are in the power structure, the Democrat elites. That's the way it goes. And. We're going to see this continue to play out. Um, Oh, wait, AOC actually spoke about that. I want to just get back to that for a second, if I can. Here she is. Play 10. When Aurora and I were first kind of partnered, uh, we really started having a conversation about what it means to be working class women of color at the Met. And we said, you know, we can't just play along, but we need to break the fourth wall and challenge some of the institutions. and, And, you know, while... The Met is known for its spectacle. We should have a conversation about it. Yeah, we should have a conversation about it. But, like, take lots of photos of me and let me put it all on the Instagram. This is the distillation of the modern leftist mind on full display for everyone. This is the distillation of the double standard that they embrace, right? I get, I, AOC, get to go to this event, get to luxuriate in my fame and elitism and pretend that my presence there is actually a repudiation of the very cabal of elites that I am engaged in a grotesque celebration with. That's, you see, it's cognitive dissonance. These are thoughts that are, they they contradict each other and they don't care. It does not matter that this does not make sense. This makes them feel good. And feeling good is the primary goal of 90% of liberal policies once you've taken the accumulation of power into account. We need to have power on the left and they need to feel good about themselves while they do it. Feel righteous, sanctimonious even. And that's what you see here with all of this uh, nonsense going on with uh, AOC. All right, that's going to be the show today. Thank you so much for being here. Please remember to subscribe to the Buck Section Show podcast if you have not already subscribed. And tell somebody about it. Share it with a friend. It's a quick, easy rundown of the news of the day we do before the big radio show every day. And uh, you can also go to bucksection.locals.com where I am putting up content you can't see anywhere else. Please be a supporter there. Help keep the lights on in the Freedom Hut. Back with you tomorrow. Shields high.